Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 6 Mom Getting Brendan an audience with my mother wasn't easy. Once Dad had stabilized, Fawn had ordered Mom to rest. She agreed and slept, but as soon as she woke up, she threw herself into the task of queening Castle Door. It took me a couple of days to get the cop in to see her. Mom stared hard at the detective when he walked into the room. I remember you, she said with narrowing eyes. You are the man that imprisoned my son. You pointed a weapon at me. Connor, what is he doing here? I need to get back, Brendan said. Mom shot him a spectacularly dirty look and said, You will speak when you are spoken to. Wow. Even I took an involuntary step back. I'd forgotten how menacing Mom can be when she's in her bear-cub guarding mode. She turned her back on Brendan and took a step towards me. Now, Connor, what is he doing here? You don't understand, Brendan said, and then he did a really foolish thing. He grabbed Mom's wrist. I guess I should have warned Brendan about touching a woman in the land when she doesn't want or expect it. I had learned the lesson the hard way with Essa, but it Didn't even come close to how hard Brendan's lesson was with my mother. In a matter of nanoseconds, she turned her wrist, broke the detective's grasp, grabbed him by the arm, placed her foot in his stomach, and then vaulted him clear over her head. Brendan sailed a good seven feet in the air before luckily hitting the back of a sofa. If the maneuver had been in any other direction, he would have hit the wall. I ran over and righted the couch and helped the dazed Brendan into it. Sit here and don't say a word, I said. Brendan's reply was a predictable, Ow! I approached my mother slowly. She was still in a tack stance and was breathing heavy. Someone should teach him not to do that. I think he just did, Mom, and very impressively, too, I might add. Let's all take a deep breath and calm down a little. Mom unclenched her fists. I took a seat and motioned for her to do the same. As she sat, she kept an eye on Brendan. Relax, Mom. I'm sure he won't try anything again. Will you, Brendan? Ow, Brendan replied. Mom finally turned to me. I smiled at her, but she wasn't quite ready to return it. You still haven't told me what he is doing here. It's not like she had given me much of a chance, but I decided to keep that comment to myself. Enough feathers had been ruffled already. Brendan followed us through that portal you made. That's impossible. Why do you say that? The portal was designed for three of us and our horses. Part of that spell was true magic. It should have killed someone from the real world. Well, I hate to disagree with you, Mom, on a point of magic, but here he is. Hmm. Strange things happen during Samhain. Mom mumbled under her breath as she approached Brendan. Why did you incarcerate my son? 
Brendan didn't answer, but the question succeeded in stopping him from saying ow, ow, ow over and over again. Mom, he was just doing his job. Mom gave me a sharp look and said, I am speaking to him. He's right, ma'am, Brendan said with a mixture of respect and fear. I was just doing my job. And what job is that? I'm a policeman, he said, but when he realized she didn't understand, he sighed. I catch and punish evildoers. And what evil could this sweet boy have done? Why, well, I thought he killed his father. And why would you have thought that? Well, the house was trashed, and his father was missing, and he was spending his money. Money? Mom turned to me. Like gold, I said. I thought people in the real world didn't use magic. What would they want with gold? I hadn't thought of that before, but now wasn't the time to explain microeconomics to my mother, so I said, We just kind of like it because it's shiny. Did my son not explain to you about his father? Uh, yes, ma'am, but I didn't believe him. Do you believe him now? Brendan paused for a moment and said, Yes, ma'am, I do. That's why I wanted to speak to you. I must return home. How exactly did you get here? I don't remember much. I was a bit out of it. But I remember grabbing onto a horse's tail, and I remember Connor clubbing me over the head. The next thing I know, I was here. You grabbed onto the horse? Yes, ma'am. Mom walked back into the center of the room, thinking, Well, I see, Mr. Fallon, Brendan Fallon. Well, Brendan, I see how you arrived here, but I still do not know how you survived the journey. Well, I'm here, and I need to return. The fond woman said you could get me back. I'm sure I can. Next Samhain. And when's that? In a wee bit less than a year. A year? Brendan was on his feet. I, I can't wait a year. Why so long? I asked. If I had known you were here earlier, then things would be different, but sending a mortal back now, when the real world and the land are apart, would be too dangerous. If this was two days ago, then maybe. I've been trying to see you for a week, Brendan said, raising his voice, which, by the look on my mother's face, wasn't appreciated. I was about to intervene, but then I saw my mother's countenance soften. I am sorry for your predicament, but I only learned of your existence today. I have been quite preoccupied. Is there no other way? I asked. The only way to safely return him is to use the same piece of gold that I used to bring him here. But I no longer have it. Where is it? It is in your father's mouth. Oh, I said. What? I placed the gold disc that I used to open the portal in Oisin's mouth so he wouldn't suffocate when we encased him in shadow magic, Mom said. So open him up and get the disc, Brendan demanded. That would be far too dangerous. We are fortunate that the process worked the first time. I will not unnecessarily endanger the Lord of Dor a second time. Unnecessary, Brendan shouted. You're going to maroon me in this godforsaken place while my Looney Tune mother pollutes my daughter's brain with a caravan full of hippie tree-hugging crap? If the girl's grandmother is teaching your daughter to hug trees, then I suspect she is in good hands. Mom sat back at her desk and took up a quill. 
I'm sorry, but that is the final word on the subject. I wouldn't say Brendan is a stupid man, but on occasion, he is a slow learner. He grabbed Deirdre's hand and started to say, You don't understand. Because my mom was sitting this time, she flipped him with her shoulder instead of her foot. On the plus side, Brendan didn't travel as fast or as far as before. On the minus side, he didn't make it to the couch. He took a long time getting up. I put Brendan to bed with some pachin. I was pretty sure he wouldn't retangle with Mom. Still, for his own safety, I reposted Frick and Frack outside his door. Brendan didn't realize that those two judo throws were Mom's idea of restraint. If he tried something like that again, I wouldn't be surprised if she killed him. I went back to my room and stared at the chipped wood paneling, wishing that Dahi were here so I could borrow a throwing knife. Actually, I wished anybody was there. I had spent ages longing to return to the land, and now that I was here, I was miserable and lonely. Dad was sealed in another world. Mom was preoccupied with castle duties. And when she wasn't, she was sitting up all night with Fawn in their shadow magic laboratory. Araf is a great friend on an adventure, but just hanging out, he can actually make me feel more alone than when I'm alone. And of course, everything I saw on the land reminded me of Fergal. Man, I missed him. And every time I was low and alone, I would inevitably play the moment that Kilty stuck a knife in his chest. And in every rerun, I could do nothing to stop him. And where the hell was Essa? No one could tell me where she was. Oh, Essa. When I wasn't replaying Fergal's demise, I was replaying my farewell with her. I may not have been able to save my cousin, but I sure as hell could have handled my last moments with Essa better. I could have forgiven her. I should have forgiven her. I should have stayed with her. Instead, I went back to Sally. I wonder if I could have possibly been more of an idiot. I went to sleep and dreamt of all the stupid things I'd done in my life. It was a very long night. I had just gotten to about the age of 12 where I broke my arm in a bouncy castle accident when Mom woke me up very excited. I popped up quickly, holding my elbow. She had a wild-eyed look like a student who had worked all night on a term paper and drank 30 cups of coffee. Over her shoulder hung a satchel. Connor, you must see this, she said, bounding off my bed and grabbing a book off the bookshelf. Fawn and I have been up all night, and I think we have finally done it. Done what? I said with a mourning voice that made me sound as if I had been gargling with ground glass. She opened the book, tore out a half a page from the middle, and then handed it to me. I was still dopey from sleep and stared at the piece of paper, wondering what the hell she wanted me to do with it. Then she handed me a gold brooch with an amber stone in it. Clip it onto the paper, she said, bouncing on her toes like a kid showing off a new toy. Go on. I looked at the brooch. It was about the size of a half dollar with a spring in the back that allowed it to move like a bulldog clip. I pinched it open and clipped it on the piece of paper. The paper started to glow with an amber light, then 
so did my hand where I was touching it. An all-too-familiar sensation began in my fingers. It felt exactly like when I was under attack from a relative and Mom's protective spell had just kicked in. I dropped the paper and the clip and jumped straight up, looking around the room for the source of the attack. There was none. When I realized I wasn't glowing anymore, I looked down on my bed, and there attached to Mom's new brooch was a shining, translucent book. I picked it up. It tingled in my hand, but it felt real. On the cover, I could faintly make out the title. It was the same as the book that Mom had just ripped the page from. In my hands, it seemed to weigh the same as a regular book, and when I opened it, the clear pages turned just like paper. What? What is it? I asked. For want of a better word, it is a shadow book. It is a hybrid of true magic and shadow magic. The paper, in a way, remembers the rest of the book. I turned the shadow pages. It was strange being able to see my fingers through what felt like a solid thing. As I moved the book around in the light, I saw faint glimmerings on the pages, but nothing legible. It's a shame you can't read it, though. Aha! Mom explained. Here is the cold part. The cold part? Is that not what you say? I laughed. Oh, you mean the cool part. Right, the cool part. She opened her satchel and took out a clipboard-sized sheet of gold and laid it on the bed. When she placed the shadow book on top of it, the words appeared almost as if the book was real. Wow, Mom, that is very cold. It wasn't until her face lit up with pride that I realized one of the things I missed during this trip to the land was my mother's smile. She gave me a hug and then quickly picked up her things and hurried to the door. It shouldn't take too long for Fawn and me to make a few more clips. I imagine we could leave the day after tomorrow. Leave for where? The Hazellands. We're going to find a cure for your father in the Hall of Knowledge. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of the series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.